0: Farm talk on C103 with the Dairy Gold Prime Elite Rumi Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, an animal health testing operation, Micron AgriTech, obtains 2.7 million euro in funding. Half of tillage farmers to lose rented land in 2024. That's according to an article in this week's Irish Farmers Journal by Dr Siobhan Walsh based on a survey carried out by the journal. Upcoming ploughing results and the Macra Carberry report with Laura Woods. Dairy gold confirmed the August milk price. Succession meetings to be hosted by Chagask and experts. Dairy gold confirms the August milk price. Dairy our sponsor, has reduced the August quoted milk price by 2.5 cents per litre to 33.5 cents a litre based on standard constituents of 3.3% protein and 3.6% butterfat, inclusive of sustainability and quality bonuses and VAT. The August milk price equates to an average August farm gate milk price of 39.4 cents a litre, based on average August milk solids achieved by Dairy Gold milk suppliers. The quoted milk price for August, based on EU standard constituents of 3.4% protein and 4.2% butterfat, is 36.6 cents a litre. A company spokesperson commented, quote, that global milk markets continue to weaken due to pressure on demand in key markets, with no sign of near-term correction. Dairy Gold remains focused on paying the strongest milk price possible and has maintained this approach since the start of the year. The current market conditions are likely to keep milk price under pressure until the supply-demand imbalance is corrected. The Dairy Gold Board will continue to closely monitor markets and review milk price on a month-by-month basis. That statement from Dairy Gold, our sponsor, regarding the August milk price. Coming up next, results for Cork West and Cork East from the National Ploughing Championships 2023. Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Well, Caroline, we can look back now on the ploughing, the National Ploughing Championships 2023. Do you have a roundup of some of the good competitors from Cork West at the moment?
1: Yes, I do, John, and we've had a very successful week. On Tuesday, and Wednesday, the, and Thursday, the All Ireland Plowing Championships were held in Rasnitska County Leash. Cork West Plowing Association was well represented at the championships, and the results are as follows Tuesday, Intermediate Conventional, John A. O'Donovan, fourth place. Under 21 Conventional, Noel 9, first place. 3 4 Conventional, Kevin O'Driscoll first place. Under twenty eight reversible, Connor O'Farrell who came first and Far Witchley came third. Now Connor um O'Farl, he qualified to plough in the senior reversible on the Wednesday. The novice reversible, Eugene O'Donovan, he came second. On Wednesday we had the farmerette, Katie Hayes, and she came second. And the novice conventional, James Jennings, came second place and Deloy, Adrian Grace came second. On Wednesday, also, Michael Fwitcherly, Jer Coakley, and Lee Driscoll in the senior reversible class qualified to plough in the test match on Thursday. Also on Thursday, uh, Kieran Coakley uh, in the senior conventional class uh, qualified to plough in the test match on Thursday. The results for Thursday were as follows Timothy Lawler, Standard 3 for reversible, first place. The vintage single furrow, Gordon Jennings, second. Now, the most important and the best news we've had, the results from the test match. The senior reversible, uh, first Jer Copley. Now, Ger um, has been knocking on the door to get this title, and he has actually won the senior reversible champion of Ireland. And we'll go forward to represent Ireland in Estonia next year, along with Eamon Tracy from Carlow. Also, in the senior reversible in the test match, Lee Modriska came third and Michael Witchley came seventh. The senior conventional had Kieran Copley, and he was placed sixth in his, his match. Now, that is the result from the ploughing, but I also have something kind of connected with ploughing as such. And another subject coming Tuesday, the 26th of September. The ISA, uh, in association with Cork West Ploughing Association and West Cork Vintage Ploughing and Threshing Association, are hosting an evening of memories called "Farming Through the Years." Now, this will be held in St Mary's Theatre, Rossmore, and this will start at 8 p.m. next Tuesday, 26th. Entry is 10 euros at the door and the proceeds are going to a House. The MC for the night will be John O'Connor, C103, who will interview Alex Taylor, Neely O'Leary, Donald Cashman, Sonny O'Leary and Tom Scanlon about farming through the years. Uh, that's it, John.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, promotion there. Thanks a million. For the publicity, that should be a very good night, a very interesting night.
1: Yeah, I I got I got hauled in to do a bit of PR for that.
0: <laughs> but again, it, it should be it should be a nice uh, night, and uh, mm-hmm. I understand the audience um, when the speakers, you know, make a, a rather short uh, presentation, an introductory presentation of, was say, six seven minutes, then we can talk about what they've uh, said in their presentation and then at some yeah. point uh, time permitting it's amazing how quickly time goes people can, can get in a roll and you don't want to ring the bell but we can then perhaps throw it open to the audience and they may have questions on what the speaker said or simply to recall some of their own experiences with uh, ploughing through the years yes yes that's right john i know it's,
1: it's- it could be; it will be uh, an interesting night, and you know, it'll be something
0: to look forward to. Absolutely, and all in a very good cause uh, for Pieta oh, yes. House. They do yes, great work. Yes.
1: Okay, John, that's it. So, and uh, i finally get to meet you on Tuesday night.
0: But thank you very much indeed. Uh, first of all, for those ploughing results from the National Ploughing Championships twenty twenty three Miss Caroline Jennings, P R O for the Cork West Ploughing Association, and for promoting the event uh, taking place on the twenty sixth of September. In support of Pieta House. Thanks a lot, Cara. Thank you. Thank you, John. And next, plowing results for the Cork East team. Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Plowing Association. Philip, welcome to the program again. And I think you have an update now on results from the National Plowing Championships 2023.
2: Thanks, John. That's right. Uh, I've been up there since Monday and um, kicking off on Tuesday. Horrible day weather wise but everybody done their best as they could only do in, under the circumstances. So um, for Kirk East, on the Tuesday, we had Jamie Hayes, under 28, got second place. Um, Jeremiah Delaney, under 40, in the horse class, got first place. And Orly Hayes, in the farmers competition, Jamie's sister, she got first place. On the second day, JJ Delaney, Got first place in the horse class, in the senior horse class. Willem Mulcahy got third place in the Makra, and uh, Trevor Fleming got fourth place in the single for the competition. And Phelan Kata got fifth place in the hydraulic, vintage hydraulic mounted, or hydraulic class. Under the conditions, I think we were very happy with the results. Um, the conditions on Tuesday were pretty difficult, but everybody. Um, Bare the, the the brunt of the weather and did their best, and um, that's that's our results from Cork East. But um, we we had um, competitors who just didn't get going on the day. But that's the way it is, and these things happen. So overall, John, it's, it sucks. We were, we're happy with the results, and we'll lift to fight another day, hopefully. Was the Queen of the Plough uh, elected or awarded? Well, the the, the actual farmerate was all girl Orly Hayes, and if you want to call her the Queen of the Plough, that's that's the position. She got first in the race. so Orly Hayes from Kilbrin.
0: So congratulations to Orly Hayes
2: and her brother Jamie got second in the other twenty-eight. I hope I didn't leave out anybody. I could have missed out on somebody, and as you can hear, my voice is nearly gone. From talk, espousal, and bad weather, and a bit of everything. But that's it anyway, John, and thanks. So,
0: congratulations to all the winners in Cork East and Cork West, and indeed, uh, the great victory for ploughing overall, because there had been worries and reports regarding the way tickets were bought and booking in advance. But it's been a, a good, successful national ploughing trapships 2023 to another great success for
2: NPA. Yes, sir, John, it's nice to see the whole thing back and up and running again after Covid and all the disruption we had, so it, it mightn't have been as big a crowd, but it's nice to see the whole thing back on track again, and we're looking forward to improvement in the coming years.
0: Thank you, Mr Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Thank you very much, Neil Philip. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Thank you. Next, Miss Laura Woods with the fortnightly Macra report from the Carberry region.
3: Hello, my name is Laura and following the summer break, I'm back to you with the Carberry Mockra news. The Carberry year kicked off with a bowling competition held in Cork on the 2nd of September, where Inishannon and Mocra were victorious and now go on to represent the regional in the national final. Members also enjoyed a night out afterwards in Cork. Cora Mockra won the Know Your Ag quiz held on the September 12th in the Lep Inn. Club Question Time was held in Banninskarty on the 15th of September and Clannacilty Mockra were the winners on the night. Members also enjoyed a social night afterwards in the Henry Ford Tavern. Congratulations to Carberry Mockra member and Royal Youth Officer Fiona O'Leary who was elected to the European Royal Youth Board representing the UK and Ireland. Congratulations to Kate O'Donovan, Balmiscarti Makra, and to John O'Leary and Nilo O'Leary of Clonicalty Makra, who have been shortlisted as finalists in the Makra Volunteer of the Year final. Well done to all and thank you for all your hard work. The spirit of volunteering is alive and well also in Beira Makra as members brought their restored vintage. Ford 4000 tractor all the way from Castletown Bear to Rataniska County Leash to the ploughing championships in aid of a club member who sustained life changing injuries. Dates for your diary Kilbritton Mocker are holding a board games night on Wednesday, the 27th of September, starting at 8 pm in Kilbritton Hall, and new members are welcome. To celebrate the 75th anniversary, Clonacilty Mocker are holding an evening of entertainment, including comedy, music and dance in the Rossmore Theatre on Saturday the 30th of September. Tickets are €10 Euro and proceeds in the night are going to Cancer Connect and Embrace Farming. So as you can see, Mochra has something for everyone and with clubs located from Innishannon to Beira, there's bound to be one near you. So if you are between the ages 17 and 35 and would like some more information, please contact us on our social media pages on TikTok Instagram
0: and Facebook. Thank you. And thank you, Laura, for your fortnightly report from the Carberry-Makra region. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Dr Siobhan Walsh, Tillish Editor with the Irish Farmers Journal. Siobhan, first of all, welcome to the programme. in John. You're very welcome, Siobhan. Now, in the journal this week, that's Saturday, 23rd of September, twenty three. your article half of tillage farmers to lose rented land in 2024. What's the background to that headline and your story?
4: Yeah, John, so we carried out a survey with tillage farmers this week. Um, About 157 um, farmers took part, and all of them fairly specialised in tillage, with some with a a bit of livestock on their farms as well. Um, And we asked them how they were fixed for for land rental um, this year. And basically, look, I suppose the concern around that was um, if um, you know we have these new nitrate derogation limits from dairy, and their dairy farmers are looking are looking for new land, so tillage farm, you know, land is becoming under pressure. There's big competition for land. and Tillage farming is being affected um, by that, and then this is coupled with a bad year.
0: Doesn't seem to be much encouragement of tillage farmers, bearing in mind the government wants to increase acreage to try and cut back on uh, imports. But again, we had things like something many tillish farmers couldn't understand the lieback requirement now in fairness to the government in fairness to minister macallog that lieback rule was withdrawn fairly quickly but is there a real appreciation of what's involved if we want to cut back imports of grain and feeds of animal feedstuffs
4: yeah, look, John. Like the the government's the government's aim is to increase tillage area and to reduce our dependence on on grain imports. But it, you know, things that are being done then are having the opposite effect. That that you know that lie back a serious effect on the amount of of those forage crops that were grown for livestock. Um, you know, I'm talking to the seed industry and and they said that their sales were were severely back. Um, and you know, so we had good cooperation between livestock and tillage farms. And that cooperation then this year was scuppered because of those rules. Now, some people did go in and plant after the rule was fixed. We had missed a window and we now have a situation where the crops gone in and and aren't as good as they should have been. So there's a lot of things like that that the government could do to just make life a little bit easier on tillage farms. We have an acre scheme there there as well for forest crops where the crops, um can't be grazed until the 1st of January and that's too late. You know, if a farmer wants to come in and graze sheep on on a farm then they're going to they're going to want to graze them um in November, or December um, because the crops will be gone to seed in by the time January comes. And also we need flexibility on when these crops can be grazed so that they're grazed in good condition and that they don't damage the soil when there's animals on them.
0: And TIS, uh, that's the short for Tillage Incentive Scheme, that Tillage Incentive Scheme, how is that being taken by farmers, bearing in mind the severe doubt that must have been sown in some tillage farmers' minds by various uh, actions by the government or lack of action by the government?
4: So the tillage incentive scheme, look, tillage farmers call that a reseeding scheme, John. And if the government is serious about increasing tillage area, they need to give specialist tillage farmers a payment. At the minute in the tillage incentive scheme, you can um, you can undersow a crop. So you can have spring barley undersown with grass. And tillage farmers call that scheme a reseeding scheme because it's helping... To, farmers are getting paid €400 euro per hectare and it's helping them to... Um, you know, it's helping farmers to pay for their reseeding costs. It's helping them. It's helping livestock farmers to pay for rented land. And tillage farmers, really in the main, aren't benefiting from that scheme. So the tillage incentive scheme needs to change. Um, if the government want to see that decline in tillage um, area stopping, then they, you know, then they need to um, they need to do something with that tillage incentive scheme to make sure that tillage farmers are getting support.
0: And Shavonne, Dr. Siobhan Walsh, very interestingly in your article in the irish farmers journal saturday 23rd of september 2023 you you also point out to what tillage farmers would regard as encouragement and equality under tams you might elaborate on that
4: yes yeah, so the tillage farmers are, are basically saying that they you know they want more support under tams look when tams came out all those years ago there was no tillage um, equipment or 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 buildings in um, it, and it was an afterthought to, to add them in and you know there's there's no difference between um giving a grant for a, a bulk milk tank and giving a grant for um a grain trailer they're both temporary storage of the produce that's produced on farm yet a dairy farmer can get a grant for um a milk tank and a tillage farmer cannot get a grant for a grain trailer if we're going to increase dairy tillage, that that increase is not going to come from the already big tillage farms the majority of farms in Ireland are small farms the majority of tillage farms in Ireland are small farms and if the increase is going to come, it's going to come from maybe a farmer who who ploughs up 10 acres of grass. Those farmers need a grain trailer, they need basic equipment to start off their tillage business and at the minute in Tams that that support isn't there. If I'm a livestock farmer, I can get a milk in parlour, I can get my sheep fencing or whatever, I can set up a farm but at the minute tillage farmers can't do that under Tams.
0: The gist of your article in Irish Farmers Journal Saturday, twenty third of September, twenty twenty three, page twelve news. To sum up then regarding people losing land, you point out and to quote a total of thirty nine percent of the respondents said they'd lost land in twenty twenty three, and seventy six percent of those said they'd lost land to dairy farmers. Yeah.
4: So and that just that just shows, John, that the nitrate is having an impact. And look, I don't want to divide here between dairy and tillage farms. This is the unintended consequences of those nitrate rules. The rules from the Department of Agriculture have driven these dairy farmers to go get more land. Um, so we don't want a, a situation where where you know tillage and dairy farmers aren't getting along. This is only un- unintended con- consequences of poor, poorly thought out regulations. And and in that survey, you know, 16% already ahead of the winter planting season. 16% of people said they had already lost land ahead of putting in winter cereals another 16% said they expect to lose land before they put in their winter cereals and then in total... More than 50% think they'll lose land in 2024. So a bleak picture, say the least there, in tillage at the minute.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Dr. Siobhan Walsh, Tillage Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you for your valuable time and for clarifying the problems, or at least some of the problems, facing tillage farmers and indeed making it seem very difficult for the government to fulfil their increase in tillage area in Ireland by... 52,000 hectares by 2030. Obviously, there'll have to be a very serious rethink if you want to keep that a goal. Thank you, Siobhan, very much indeed. Thank you, Dr Walsh. Thanks a million. Thanks, Jeff. Micron AgriTech have recently received 2.7 million euro in funding to help transform animal health with their rapid AI, artificial intelligence powered testing. CEO and co-founder of Micron AgriTech is Mr Daniel Isquidero Hijazi. Welcome to the programme, Daniel.
5: So my name is Daniel Izquierdo Hajazi, uh, and I'm the CEO at Micron Agritech. So Micron Agritech is a spin-out of TU Dublin, uh, University in Dublin. And uh, we began by looking at the issue of resistance to medication uh, in farm animals. um, And what we've developed is a simple-to-use test uh, that can be done with a mobile phone uh, to test animals for worms. And um, so you can test the animals for worms uh, and get instant results through an artificial intelligence model uh, that lets you know whether your animals are infected with parasites, what type of parasites are present, and the burden level of infection all within minutes.
0: Number one, I presume you have a website, and I would imagine that the best contact might be to inquire about your products and service through their local veterinarian surgeon.
5: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got coverage of the entire island of Ireland at this stage uh, through veterinary practices across the country. Uh, so the best thing to do is either to go on our website uh, on micronagritech.com where you can enter your address and find your local uh, closest uh, Micron Kit user um, or you can just ask your vet uh, whether they're using the system or not um, and they can provide the rapid testing service uh, so that you can decide uh, whether your animals actually need... a uh, antiparasitic medication or not. And if they do, it uh, target the treatment uh, to optimize the uh, yield in the animals, decrease the amount of parasites in them.
0: I understand uh, the progress of AMR and ABR, antimicrobial resistance, antibiotic resistance, and uh, the opposition by these uh, germs to anti-parasite treatments it's growing and it even affects human beings and can affect human beings there are some scary statistics about the impact globally of AMR or antimicrobial resistance and the importance of being very very careful when you're administering animal health remedies just to use the right amount as instructed
5: absolutely john it is a quite Uh, Concerning, um, and we do need to take care of the limited arsenal of antimintic or anti parasitic medication that we have available to us because there are only a number of medications that we can use. Uh, And once animals on a farm develop resistance to these medications, uh, you're left with one of two options. Um, Either you switch to a more expensive type of medication if you can find one that still works, or if none of them work, uh, essentially the animals will have this parasitic burden within them that you cannot uh, treat. Um, which is obviously quite concerning because that impacts productivity of the animals um, and can have a really detrimental effect on on your farm. Um, So it's really, really important that we test our animals first uh, before we administer treatment and that we also test them again after we've administered treatment to make sure that the medication has worked. And if it hasn't worked, so that we can then select an alternative type of medication that will work better.
0: So when people want to inquire, they should go to their vet, ideally, their veterinary surgeon, and inquire about your service. If it's not available, perhaps the veterinary surgeon can make inquiries. And please, would you one more time, Daniel, give us the website where people can check up your own platform, your own website on this uh, apparently excellent and very convenient service. And we emphasize this is all part of the battle against AMR and ABR antimicrobial resistance.
5: Our website is micronagritech.com. There, farmers and uh, users, potential users of the system can actually log on and find their local closest uh, system, Uh, but they can also put in an inquiry if they can't find someone nearby that has one of our systems, and we will be able to assist them from there.
0: And I understand you've secured €2.7 million funding. Would you please remind our listeners how the funding was obtained, uh, you know the people behind it, and indeed what this will hopefully enable you to do throughout the island of Ireland and even overseas?
5: Yeah, we're incredibly proud um, of uh, the fact that we've been able to achieve this and raise the uh, funding. It's a total of €2.7 million, which has been raised through uh, primarily three local Irish investors who are looking to make an impact on the market, introduce technology to the agricultural sector and improve um, the lives of farmers, animal owners, um, uh, all while reducing uh, impact. Um, and uh, essentially the funding is going to be used to scale the technology, make it accessible to more farmers across the island, as well as also to expand uh, the company and the product offering, um, as well as a uh, internationally
0: you might please uh, credit the other people involved in establishing the micron kit
5: yeah so uh, we have a, a team of 16 people now uh, and we operate across four different sectors so uh, business development hardware development software development and veterinary research and so there are a lot of different people on the team that contribute towards that and uh, my two other co-founders are tara mckelligut and sean smith and they both lead in their respective uh, sections of the team. But really, it's been a super collaborative approach. There are a lot of people that have made this product uh, possible. Um, and uh, we're very, very proud of the team that we've, we've built here at Micron Agritech. So the website is Micron, which is M-I-C-R-O-N, Agritech, agritec com, uh, And they can contact us directly uh, through the contact us section of that website. There is a scheme being run at the moment by Animal Health Ireland, which entitles every farmer in the country to two uh, free worm tests uh, and a veterinary consultation uh, to develop a parasite control plan. This is called the TASA scheme. Um, and we would encourage all farmers uh, to inquire with their vets about the TAZA scheme uh, uh, to set up a parasite control plan uh, for, for this year. Um, and the Micron could, of course, is, uh, is uh, suitable for use with the TAZA scheme, so you can not just get your your free tests, but also get them within minutes.
0: Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Daniel Izquierdo Hijazi, the CEO and co-founder of Micron Agritech, recently able to secure 2.7 million euro investment in their service transforming animal health with rapid artificial intelligence power testing. Daniel, thank you very much for your patience and thanks for your time. Thanks a million. Thank you for having me. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr James MacDonald, Financial Management Specialist, Chagas Oak Park in Carlow. First of all, uh, James, welcome to the programme, Transferring the Family Farm. So could you please tell me about the clinics covering Transferring the Family Farm?
6: Hi, John. Yeah, succession uh, is it's a big topic and uh, we've seen some meetings around the country earlier on in the year by our, other organisations. So what we're doing and it's an annual event for us, Uh, we're hosting clinics. So we're starting down in in Kerry on Tuesday, the 3rd of October, and then we're moving to West Cork. So in your area, John, we'll be in the Celtic Ross Hotel in English Island, Ross Carberry, on Wednesday, the 4th of October at 10 o'clock. So when somebody arrives to our clinic, what they'll find is um, a hotel room all laid, ra- laid out with boots and there'll be solicitors and accountants. There will be a mediator, citizens information, the Department of Agricultural Collaborative Farming section and numerous chagas experts say on education or forestry or farm management and you know somebody like me that works in the area of farm succession. So the day will run I suppose for a, maybe three to four hours. It'll start off with a short talk on farm succession. It's to tee up the attendees and the types of questions that they can ask the different experts in the room. And that'll take possibly 30, maybe 35 minutes of a short talk. And then what'll happen is the attendees have free run to go around and ask the questions of whatever experts they want to talk to uh, on a one-to-one basis. And, you know, we're expecting a big crowd, so you mightn't get to talk to the experts immediately. You might have to queue a little bit, but there'll be tea and coffee there for people to sit down and have a chat and maybe talk to their neighbours. And, you know, there'll be, there'll be a good crowd of, of chaga staff available to help direct traffic. And, you know, you can go up and you can talk to them and say, right, I want to find out x or y about uh, farm succession and the advisor might say your best bet now is to go over to that accountant over there or this accountant is quite busy but there's another one now that you know has a free space and they'll direct traffic and hopefully it'll get you started on your farm succession journey now you know from past experience you find some people are coming in for a second opinion they have a plan more or less done and they just want to run it by some people to check that it makes sense other people have no idea where to start. So we're hoping, you know, that these events will help them start on their journey. Um, and I suppose it's a, it's a common question, where do I start? And I often say, you know, the best place to start is to write a will because it's like the Brexit, you know, it becomes a backstop, you know. So if the unforeseen happens before you get your succession plan written, well, then the will is there. And all you're trying to do with a farm succession plan is to try and bring that forward, you know. So um, I suppose a common thing that I come across is, you know, there's uh, with so much employment in the country, um, we often find farming families don't have a successor. Uh, maybe that's, they're not interested in farming or they're not yet interested. So, you know, that's one of the common, uh, I suppose, scenarios that we find out there. And other situations uh, you you might find which are maybe a little bit less common is that there's two or three children interested in farming, and that's a great thing, you know. Um, and there's loads of incentives out there now for young people to come in. So I don't think it's any it's a topic that people should be shying away from. You know, they should think about getting involved and um, speaking to solicitors down through the years. Sometimes they've said to us, you know, when somebody comes in and writes the will. And they leave the office and it feels like there's a great weight lifted off their shoulders that, that now they have they have part of their journey settled, you know. So um, we're looking forward to a series of six events around the country, starting down in the south and working our way back up to, I think the final event is in Cootehill Hill in County Cavan. So um, there should be good events. People can log on to the Chagas uh, website uh, to log in. Uh, There'll be adverts in the national media and the local papers. And usually they'll have a a funny-looking... It's called a QR code. If you open the camera on your smartphone, you might be able to book in there. It's very simple. Type in your your name and your email address, and that's you booked in. And the email address is used to send you a reminder to go to the event on on the day
0: before. Who should actually go to these events? Because there can be particular situations where... A specific member of a family, say there are three, four children and one child, be it a lady or a gentleman, stay on, run the farm, take on the farm. And there are three siblings abroad. They've travelled to Australia, Canada, they have a life over there. And the person keeping the farm going might assume wrongly that they have a special place because when the will is read they could find that all of the children get an equal share of the farm, and that would include the person who wants to stay on farming, who is a lover of farming, who knows about farming. If they are to continue on that farm and not have it split up and sold, they might end up having to take out a loan to buy out the other people. So it's very important, I would imagine, that people should go along and clarify their situation, especially if they are... One child from a family who has stayed on to run the farm, commit themselves to the farm. They don't have the student at university or emigration abroad experience. But when the will is read and each person gets a share, it seems very fair. But what about the poor person, the lady or gentleman Mm. who kept it going?
6: Yeah, I suppose... But what we're finding at the clinics, from, I think uh, this could be our tenth or maybe eleventh year of running face-to-face clinics like this. And just from surveys we've done, we've found, John, that about two and a half members per family would be the average that would show up. So you could have one family member coming, trying to figure out where to start. Now it could be the old person that has that is the farmer. It could be the farmer's spouse, or it could be the child. And the child might be wondering, well, how do I go home and get the conversation started? And a a common one is, like you said, you know, people want to be fair, and fair isn't always equal. And, you know, I'd often see, you know, a situation where, you know, education, to educate somebody to get a good job is expensive. So you might have three kids. Two of them might get a good education. One of them might get an agricultural education and, and start farming. And, you know, farming can be seen as wealthy individuals but cash poor the cash flow might be great depending on the enterprise of course that you're in no dairy farming tends to be better than than dry stock farming Um, so if another child is not interested in the farming and they get an education paid for themselves well they might have a good monthly wage and over their lifetime, they could build wealth, and they could end up being in a much better situation than the person that gets the farm, even though they they start off wealthy. So, trying to be fair and equal is very difficult because the only way to do that is to sell sell everything and divide it. Um, so, to to so equal is not not probably you know the right answer in the majority cases. It's to try and be fair. Of what's a good way to set up each of each of the children? Um, So I think in terms of, you mentioned, you know, when the family show up to to, um, read the will and then there's a shock, Um, that's not the situation that we'd like to see happen. Good communication, a plan put in place that everybody knows what's happening. Maybe bringing forward the transfer of the farm that is not done by will, that's the way government policy is set up. So it's to try and get young people into farming early, but I suppose for the parents, oftentimes it depends, you know, what kind of an income will they have post handing over the farm. And sometimes, you know, there there may not be a great pension, so they might want some income from the farm. And in that case, it might be a, a partnership with a young person, um, you know, or, or there might be some other angles. Sometimes parents want to, you know, hand over the farm to their children while they're alive even though the children might be ready to farm they might lease it back to the parents for them to continue farming and there's a small little bit of tax to be paid if you, if you do that um, the thing about it is if you plan on time you can minimise the taxes towards you never know when somebody is going to die so the date of death is often the date of benefit and there could be much bigger taxes to be paid in a will situation rather than a lifetime transfer so I suppose it takes an awful lot of time to go around. If, if you come up with a, a, a plan after having a family conversation, then you go to your accountant and you figure out, right, how much tax is due. If there's very little tax due, you can go to the solicitor and do the transfer. But if there's a lot of tax due, you have to tweak the plan and see how do you minimise the cost of actually uh, completing the plan. Because the last thing you want to have a parent wants to have happen is that a child has that's, in, that's getting the gift of the farm has to sell some land to cover the cost of the taxes. So once it's signed up then, uh, and the transfers are agreed, you can't take it back. So you need to get everything right first time round. So, you know, um, and there are other things that parents will be concerned around. You know, maybe in the future, a parent might need long-term care and may need... Uh, you know, to spend some time in a nursing home. And then you're looking at the fair deal scheme and there's a five-year look back. So, you know, that can put enormous financial pressure on the person that receives the farm down the road. So, you know, that's one angle. The pensions is another angle. So, like, at these events, we'll have citizens information who can provide, you know, guidance on, on those particular schemes. So it's very tricky and the point of the clinics really is to have all of the experts in the room. So you might go talking to the solicitor and he might say something. You might say, go across there to an accountant and ask the accountant a question. And then the accountant might uh, say to you, well, what kind of a pension pot have you got? And, you know, maybe you had worked for part of your life. So then you go to Citizens Information and they will explain to you how to go and find out what kind of a pension that you're entitled to when you do reach retirement age. So... You know, having the experts in the room shortens the distance because your solicitor might be in one town and your, your accountant might be in another town and the Chagas office might be in, in a third town. So it reduces the, the, um, the amount of, of steps you need to take or, or the time involved. So, you know, we're just trying to make things easier because government policy, I suppose, is is trying to help bring forward succession but it's a very complex area. So what we're trying to do is start people on their journey, knowing that it takes time. And it's to just help them, you know, get that little bit closer and get the benefits of the tax incentives and the, the European EU cap incentives that are there. So that, you know, everything works out and, you know, Irish agriculture will continue to be
2: successful.
0: Speaking now to Mr. James Macdonald, financial management specialist, Chagas Oak Park in Carlow. If there was one piece of information, James, you had to give for people who have done absolutely nothing, they've worried about it, they've tossed and turned at night, they've tried to take care of it. But from what you've said, I understand a very good first step might be Go and make a will, and that could be a starting point for further, more detailed, finer negotiations.
6: Yeah, I would say the will is always the very first step. And if you haven't a will made, you know, you should make an appointment with your solicitor straight away to do it. But come along to our clinics, and at our clinic, you will you will get a booklet to bring home. Uh, you can also download it off our website. It's called a guide to transferring the family Farm. And, you know, it, there's about 60 pages in it. But you can you can bring it home from the clinic and you can leave it in the middle of the kitchen table and it might become a conversation starter, you know. So um, the key is co- communication between all of the family members to come up with a plan that suits that particular family. And, you know, if communication is good, it it, it could make the will very easily to write. Um and if you manage to you know to write your will and then write your farm succession plan and get that carried out well then there'll be very little you know to be transferred when it comes uh, to the will stage and i suppose the the problem's in agriculture now i suppose you know we have we have a lot of work uh, a big workforce in ireland um agricultural incomes you know in some sectors are poor people are living a lot longer some families have a very short generation gap and you know sometimes you'll find that you know a parent is very fresh they're 70 years of age they want to farm continue to farm the next generation might be in their 50s have no interest in farming but the grandchild might be you know and every family is different so I can't prescribe John say a one size fits all you know so it's about having a conversation with your trusted people so your child's advisor uh, your solicitor, your accountant. Um, you can make an appointment to go to Citizens Information, which is an excellent service which can provide information on all of the entitlements that an older person is entitled to the Fair Deal Scheme, Family Income Supplement, uh, the Pharmacist, um, and where you can get guidance on all of the different schemes. They're funded by the Department of Social Protection and they really are an excellent service. And some of the feedback we've received from people that have attended our clinics in the past has been absolutely excellent. So I think without all of the agencies helping us out, uh, the clinics wouldn't be as successful, and, and they wouldn't be running for um, the 10 or 11 years that we're doing them.
0: Please remind us about these clinics, the date the clinics are taking place in Kerry and Cork, the venue, the time... And uh, do you have to register?
6: Registration is important because it helps us keep a handle on what kind of numbers are, are turning up. And it just makes it easier for us to, to organise that we have enough staff there so that pe- people can find out the information that they want to know. And all our events kick off at 10am. So Tuesday, the 3rd of October in Baligaria State Hotel in Tralee. And then on Wednesday, the 4th of October, we're in Celtic Ross Hotel, English Island in Ross Carberry. If you ring your local Chagas office, no matter what office you deal with in the country, they'll take your details over the phone and they'll be able to book you in.
0: Thank you very much indeed, Mr James MacDonald, Financial Management Specialist with Chagas Oak Park in Carlow. James, thank you very much indeed for all your valuable time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
6: You're welcome, John. Thank you.
0: Kildalton College will hold an open day on the 6th of October. Further information available on the Chagas website is the following joe.day at ie. all lower case. That's full details regarding the courses available at Kildalton College Piltown County Kilkenny and the open day is taking place on October the 6th. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks for listening.
6: Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose
0: Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.